The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta Airlines. Delta has partnered with 55 academic institutions to create a pipeline of the next generation of pilots and technicians. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, December 10th. In today's news, the U.S. won't endorse a U.N. report on climate change. Bob Mueller's latest court filings reveal more Trump associates who had communications with Russia. And the Trump administration blocks key research to find a cure for HIV. But first, the big idea. President Trump's top pick to be his next chief of staff, Nick Ayers, will not take the job and instead will leave the White House at the end of the year. Reopening negotiations over who will succeed John Kelly as Trump's third chief of staff in two years. The White House had prepared a news release announcing that Ayers would be hired, and it was about to go out. But then the 36-year-old apparently turned down the president. Ayers had insisted on serving temporarily, which frustrated Trump, who wanted a replacement to stay on through 2020. He was also skeptical of taking the job based on the challenges that Kelly and his predecessor, Reince Priebus, faced in the position. Ayers had faced opposition among many senior White House aides who worried that his elevation could trigger departures of other high-level staff members. According to the Post's Josh Dossi and Damian Paletta, Trump's new list of potential chiefs includes Office of Management and Budget Director Mick Mulvaney and Congressman Mark Meadows from North Carolina, a leader of the conservative House Freedom Caucus. Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker and Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer are also said to be under consideration. But a senior administration official who spoke privately and wasn't authorized to discuss the talks says there's reluctance to move Lighthizer into the role because he is integral in negotiations with China over trade. Kelly, a four-star Marine general who previously served as Homeland Security Secretary, has been lauded by current and former aides who say he brought some order to the West Wing. But he has often clashed with Trump, who openly voiced his frustration with Kelly for several months. Kelly struggled to corral the various factions in the White House, especially members of Trump's family, who maneuvered behind the scenes for his ouster. And he was criticized by the president for lacking political skills, an increasing concern heading into the president's re-election campaign. Frankly, this feels like an impossible job. There are signs the economy's headed for a slowdown. Bob Mueller's recent disclosures suggest that the president is a target of his investigation. House Democrats get subpoena power in just three weeks, which will create an onslaught of demands for document production and lead to countless oversight hearings. Trump often intentionally pits advisors against each other because he thinks it means he'll get better advice. Trump wants his White House to run like a fine-tuned machine, as he says it does. But ever the showman, he also likes that reality TV vibe where people are constantly left wondering where they stand and if they'll get written off in the next episode. Would you want that job? And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the Trump administration opposed a move to endorse a dire report on climate change at a U.N. conference in Poland. The United States teamed up with Russia, Saudi Arabia and Kuwait to challenge language that would have welcomed the findings of the landmark report, which says that the world has barely 10 years to cut carbon emissions by nearly half to avoid catastrophic consequences. A State Department spokesman says the U.S. was willing to, quote, note the report and express appreciation of the scientists who developed it, but not to welcome it because that would denote an endorsement. The attempt by U.S. delegates to look past the world's most important climate report comes two weeks after the Trump administration downplayed a landmark federal report from experts within the administration 
about the impacts of global warming on the United States. In recent days, officials cleared a path to build more highly polluting coal-fired power plants, authorized seismic studies in the Atlantic Ocean that could harm marine animals, and opened millions of acres of land in the West to mining and fracking. Number two, records show that at least 14 Trump associates had contact with Russian officials during the 2016 campaign and presidential transition. Again and again and again, over the course of Trump's 18-month campaign for the presidency, Russian citizens made contact with his closest family members and friends, as well as figures on the periphery of his orbit. That's what we know after special counsel Bob Mueller's latest court filings last Friday. As Mueller slowly unveils the evidence he's gathered, he has not yet shown that any of these interactions resulted in any specific coordination directly between his presidential campaign and Russia. But the communications occurred against the backdrop of sustained efforts by the Russian government to interfere with the U.S. presidential election, as Mueller's prosecutors wrote in a court filing last week. And the special counsel's filings have also revealed moments when Russia appeared to be taking cues from Trump. In July 2016, candidate Trump referred to emails Hillary Clinton had deleted from a private account saying, quote, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails. That day, the Russians made their first effort to break into servers used by Clinton's personal office. Number three, bowing to pressure from anti-abortion groups, the Trump administration halted a government-run study that uses fetal tissue to try to find a cure for HIV. A senior scientist in an NIH laboratory in Montana told colleagues that the Health and Human Services Department had directed him to discontinue procuring fetal tissue from a firm that is the only available source. In an email to a collaborator in late September, this researcher wrote, quote, this effectively stops all of our research to discover a cure for HIV. The research disruptions could extend to a handful of other labs using fetal tissue, all of which are also part of NIH. The shutdown of the HIV research at the federal lab in Montana was never disclosed publicly by the government. Officials have forbidden affected researchers from discussing what happened. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, December 10th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, I'm Martine Powers, host of Post Reports, a new daily podcast from The Washington Post, with the news, insights, and storytelling that you've come to expect from our newsroom. Check it out now at WashingtonPost.com slash Post Reports.